Everyone you meet every single day is fighting a battle you may know nothing about. We're all in the process of overcoming. I'm Justin Wren, and my story has been heard by millions of people through my book, my TED Talk, podcast interviews, TV shows, professional fighting, and my foundation, Fight for the Forgotten. I believe we are all overcomers if we choose to overcome. We all have the option. I've been given the opportunity to overcome childhood trauma, sexual abuse, immense bullying, depression, suicidal ideation, substance use disorder, and I am a two-time suicide survivor. We are here to have conversations with some of the greatest minds of our time. Get ready to be inspired and to receive the tools and game plan to win this fight called life. Thank you for being here, for showing up for yourself. You, me, we have overcome 100% of our darkest days. I'm not done yet, and neither are you. This is your invitation to overcome. Welcome to this week's episode of Overcome with Justin Wren. And this week's guest, it's going to be a replay because you might have missed one of our most powerful episodes yet, episode one with Nick Santanastasso. He is a good friend of mine, a supporter of Fight for the Forgotten, but this guy has done so much in his young 26-year-old life. He is an internet sensation, but more than that, he has been a bodybuilder, a model, a wrestler. Uh, He has been snowboarding and surfing and swimming and golfing and flipping tires. He is a inspiration in the rock's words to the rock. He is his inspiration. He's friends with Ed Milet. He takes the stage almost anywhere that Tony Robbins has an event and is the opener for Tony Robbins. That's because he's a really unique and incredibly special powerhouse of a human being. His name is Nick Santanastasso, Nick Santo Nastasso, and he is an awesome, awesome individual. And you're going to hear how at a very early age, he had to learn to rise up and overcome. He wasn't born like many of us were. He was born basically with uh, one arm, one finger, and no legs. And the things that this guy is able to do, he oftentimes says that the greatest disability is a bad mindset. He has one of the most powerful, positive mindsets of any human being I've ever met. We've traveled together. He's done fundraisers for fight for the forgotten. We've been to the, uh, we've been to several fights together and he's just an incredible human. I think you're really going to love this episode. It's so important that that's why I decided to play it again as we have sort of a bye week as we're changing things up. Hot Pie Media Network is no longer. So we're Overcome Studios. I'm coming to you right now from our upstairs at our place, Amy and Mai's place. And we also have a home at Permanent Record Studios. And I'm so grateful for Mike and Grant who are making it possible to continue this podcast because this podcast is needed in the world. Thank you so much for joining us. If you could, if you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe. If you're listening to this on Spotify, please give us a rating. If you're listening to us on Apple, please leave us a review. And please share this out with your friends that you know would love this episode. Thank you so much to Onnit for sponsoring us and making this show possible. My favorite supplement is Alpha Brain um, and a lot of their stuff. The Alpha Brain Instant, the Black Label, and the new Focus Shots. Those are my absolute favorite. If you use the code OVERCOME, you will save at least 10% on your purchase. 
Thank you guys so much for being here. Let me know what you love about this episode. Send me a message or Amy a message on our Instagrams. Hers is real Amy Edwards and mine is the big pygmy. So please let us know what you think because I think this episode needs to be heard. Also, you'll see that this is my first time on the other side of the the, the desk of um, being an interviewer instead of being interviewed like I have been on many episodes before or podcasts before. And so I was getting my feet underneath me, but I still think Nick's uh, story is going to move you. It's a profound and powerful story. So buckle up, Buttercup. Get ready for Overcome with Justin Wren and Nick Santanastasso. Man, I couldn't think of anyone more I'd want to have on as my first guest than you. Thank you, man. So, yes. Yeah, give me some. Man, I'm stoked, brother. Really grateful you're here. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't just consider you a personal friend of mine, which I obviously do, but I consider you like one of the biggest inspirations of my life. Wow. Yeah. Thank you, brother. I, I see you as having a giant heart. But also, um, I don't know, a giant presence, a giant mindset, a mindset of a giant. Thank you. And uh, and just you're you're just a giant inspiration to me and so many others. I appreciate you. Yeah. I'm glad to have you on my team because you're a giant. You're a giant in all different ways, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. So well, the way we met too mm. was went to a specific event and it yeah. didn't go the way that I wanted to. And yeah. I reached out to some buddies and then that's how we hit it off. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if you want to uh, share any of that, but you got to meet Jim, who's our executive director yeah. at Fight for the Forgotten and a bunch of others. But um, for me, that moments like that take me back to childhood of like almost, I don't know if it's rejection or just like being excluded or anything like that. Mm. But I find that a unique thing that we can connect on. And then because of that though, something really good and beautiful came out of it, which is this friendship yeah. and this opportunity now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think in, in that sense, say we say even now in our adulthood that we go to specific things and maybe we, those feelings still come up. Um, we go back to the moments that we felt those things, hmm. right? So a lot of the times, because you and I can can relate in the sense of that we got picked on and we got bullied hmm. because we were a little bit different, right? right. A lot of it different. Yeah. And, um, but what's interesting is like, we may not remember, and and if it, if it hits hard, you, you'll remember the person's name and you remember the face, but most importantly, you remember how it made you feel. Yeah. Right? And so like, even we can go through our adulthood and we can feel the same emotions and it'll actually bring us back to that very moment. Yeah. Right? And so what's interesting about humans is that we... We try to live in the present. A lot of us struggle with living in the present, but a lot of the times humans are mostly living in past emotions and past events, right? Like, have you ever had a moment where you were having a great day and all of a sudden your mind thought about a moment you had in mm. the past and you felt those emotions in the present? Absolutely. That's how humans live those emotions over mm. and over again every single day. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I, I have that all the time. I remember one time I went to, uh, I don't know why this just came up, but, um, you know, I've, I've been to the Dallas Mavericks. I've, I've been to their family and friends, like charity event and, uh, their Christmas party, different things like that. But one time I went to a poker event, it was a charity poker event and I walked in and for some reason I didn't feel like I belonged. Mm. And there's all these celebrities, guys I looked up to from childhood. Um, there's Herschel Walker, there's Dirk Nowitzki, there's Jason Kidd, Jason Terry, all these guys. I'm supposed to sit at the poker table with them. And when I walked in there, I literally, I, I didn't, no one came up and approached me and I, I didn't know how to approach them. 
And so I was a guest, but I ended up going to the bathroom. I remember I called a friend. I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, should I leave? And they're like, what do you mean? Should you leave? You're invited. Yeah. And, uh, and it wasn't anything anyone did to me, but it was just like something came up in that moment. And then I ended up going back out and playing and I'm getting like third in that charity poker tournament. I beat out Herschel Walker. Good thing and, I didn't go home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good thing I didn't go home. But I literally thought about leaving. I thought about leaving. And, uh, it's crazy that even at, whatever it was, 26, 27 years old at the time, being a professional fighter, ultimate fighter, that kind of stuff. Like people think you have confidence because you're a professional athlete or mm. you've done this or that. Um, but there's certain moments where no, you get taken back to childhood and you relive those yeah. memories. Yeah. So what are some of yours? I mean, I, I didn't really introduce it. I'll do an introduction for this, but yeah, this yeah. Nick Santanastasso, one of my great friends, uh, I mean, you have done so much in your young life. You've done a lot. Thank you started with wrestling. I mean, uh, you've been speaking for Tony Robbins, introducing him. You know, he thinks you're an incredible inspiration. Um, Dwayne, the rock Johnson post about you, you guys working out together, you're flipping tires, climbing. Um, what is that? Camelback? Yeah. I mean, snowboarding. I regret that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I bet man. But for people that don't know, I think you say that, what about mindset? You got a great quote about yeah. a disability. And yeah. I tell people over the 25 years of my life, it's not the physical body that holds us back, but the biggest disability you can have is a bad mindset. Mm. It's your conditioning. It's your software, right? So we talk about how, you know, for example, um, you remember the old flip phones. If you now, if you put the old flip phone software into an iPhone, how would the iPhone perform? Mm. It wouldn't perform, right? Because the system is outdated. And so what most people don't realize is like from the moment you and I were born, despite the physical differences that we were born with and disadvantages, which is your outdated software. So our brain is 2 million years old, mm. right? So our brain's been around. We have the same brain. Some are bigger, some are smaller. But we have the same brain from 2 million years ago. I, I, got, a, I got a giant brain, brain right? Um, and, but that brain is from 2 million years ago. And when there was cavemen, you know, roaming around the earth, they were fearful of a saber-toothed tiger coming to kill them and their tribe. Mm. Well, the difference is now we have the same brain, but there's no more saber-toothed tiger coming to kill you and your tribe. Mm. But fear is still there, right? So now we don't have a fear of a saber-toothed tiger. We have fear of failure. We have fear of rejection. We have fear of not being enough. We have fear of not being loved. We have fear of public speaking. Mm. These are some of the top fears that cripple and handicap some of the biggest human beings. And so not only was I born into this world with some physical disadvantages, but we're all born with an outdated software. Mm. And so just like you, I, I struggled growing up. Yeah. I, I struggled with, and I think the secret sauce is confidence and we're going to get mm. into that. Um, but I struggled with self-worth. I struggled with feeling worthy enough. I struggled with feeling accepted. And like you said, like we can still have moments in our adulthood where that little kid comes down and we yeah. feel that we, we, we shrink, right? right? I mean, I'm sure. I don't know if I can shrink anymore, but <laughs> we, we shrink down because we, we relive those moments in the past. And so for me, um, to give some context of why I look like this. Yeah. Why, why don't you share just for people that are listening and not watching yeah. the video, what would, what would be the medical condition? I forget what it yeah. was called. And even the story with your, your, your mother and parents. Yeah. It's called parents. sexiness syndrome. I'm sexiness. Just kidding. Yeah. I'm just kidding. So I love that. Uh, I'm 20. You are too handsome. <laughs> for, for, for those that aren't watching, I, I, I encourage you, if you're listening, go, go look at this. Man, oh, thank you, Cause man. I've seen them on the runways actually <laughs> as a model and also first form. You're an yeah, athlete yeah, for them. Uh, one of the best supplement brands out there. Yeah. So um, 
Yeah, so why I look like this, for those that are watching, I'm born, oh, and for those that are listening, I look like a unicorn, I'm born with no legs and one arm, right? But I'm 25 years old, and in 1996, my my mom went in for a late ultrasound. And, you know, they brought my parents in, and they, they pulled the baby up on the screen, and suddenly the doctor started, you know, freaking out, like low-key. And they were like, well, what's going on? And they said, well, from the looks of it, it doesn't look like your baby's limbs are being developed. It looks like he's missing his arms, his legs, his face might be messed up. Clearly, my face wasn't messed up. Yeah, but these are, all, <laughs> thank you. these are all the things that they said were wrong with me. Yeah. And in that moment, they classified me with the medical condition called Hanhart syndrome. And Hanhart syndrome is a super rare genetic disorder that either leaves the babies with undeveloped limbs or undeveloped organs. Wow. And so at the time of my birth in 1996, I was the 12th baby in medical history that they've ever seen this happen to. And out of the 12, eight of them have passed away due to undeveloped organs, Mm. meaning the babies are born and they can't eat on their own. They can't breathe on their own. And they later on pass away. And so they looked at my parents and said, your boy has about a 30% chance to live. Now for the parents listening, like, how do you react? You don't, you don't know how you react unless you're in that situation. And my parents made a a massive promise. And that promise was that they were going to focus on the 30% chance of me living rather than Mm -hmm. the 70% chance of me dying. So important. The reason being is what we focus on, we'll get more of. What we focus on expands, right? Yes. And it's so easy to focus on the negative because there's negativity all around you. Yeah. Um, and so I was born and they did tests on my organs and my organs came back 100% healthy. Yeah. And the only thing that was affected were my limbs, being born with no legs and one arm and this unicorn body. Yeah. Wow, man. Why? Well, I, I think I think your story, your parents, I mean... For me, you know, the, you see so many people repeat generational cycles, mm. you know, I've even yeah. been in that and had to break through some of those to try to not repeat uh, the things that come from my family line, you know, lineage. And for you having those kind of parents that had that mindset, I think it, it's planted a seed into you that sprouted just deep roots. Hmm. And then from that has come great fruit. Yeah. And, and I am someone and anyone listening to this is, is benefits from being able to sit in the shade of that tree uh, that your parents planted that seed of. And, um, I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. Well, I think it first hit me whenever I got with, uh, my beautiful, um, lovely lady and we'll get to your, your yeah, lovely yeah. lady as well. But, uh, I just told her I'm grateful to sit in her shade and, uh, that she's done the work. Yeah. She's done a lot of hard work. She's overcome a lot and she's encouraged and inspired me to overcome a lot in my life. Um, so thank you, Amy Edwards, who's actually in the room. I love you. And, um, yeah, I just tell her, thank you that me and her, her two lovely daughters, uh, Sydney yeah. and Gigi get to get to sit in her shade. I'm going to get to sit in her shade as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Me too, man. She makes me better. Yeah. And, uh, but really, man, like your parents, you know, taking that news and believing in you. Um, I think sometimes we can borrow people's belief in ourselves All the time. because sometimes we're, we're the ones that don't believe in us the most. Good and bad. Yeah. Oh, wow. Mostly bad. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Let's go into it. Right. Yeah, let's go I into mean, it. well, so. So from the moment I was born, right, like the doctors handed over my parents a list and they were like, all right, he'll, he'll never feed himself and never adjust himself and never be financially independent. Your son will basically be a big baby for the rest of his life. Right. And that is wow. although and, and imagine the power that those belief has when someone of authority tells you. Wow. Right. Not just not just a friend, a but it's someone in a white coat. Yeah. Someone in a white coat tells you that and then you believe it and what you believe you get more of. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, my parents going against the grain, I think. Uh, who knows? It could have been ego. It could have been, I don't know what it is, but they're like, screw that. Like we're going to go against the grain and we're going to see what he's capable of doing. And so 
But they also said, you know, I asked my parents, I interviewed them as well. And they're like, well, you are our last child. So we had some split testing, you know, like we, we had a, a three other kids that we could like figure out how to parent because no one really knows how to parent until you do it. You know, yeah. you're, 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 there's never a perfect time. You just kind of figure right. it out as you go. So me being the last child, they had a few split tests, you know. Um, but one of the biggest advantages my my parents gave me was they treated me normal. Yeah. You know, and what's interesting, and this isn't a plug, but my mom, she wrote a book and the title is How We Raise an Adaptive Child in a Handicapped World. Say that title one more time. How We Raise an Adaptive Child in a Handicapped World. Wow. Meaning, and I'm not a parent, but but for those that are listening, let's listen to this with an open mind, yeah. right? This this podcast and this interview may get you uncomfortable. That's good. It means you're growing. It means that we Ooh. probably hit some things that let's hit home with there, you, right? Um, but a lot of the times, and I'm not a parent, but parents cuddle. Mm. And they hide kids from pain and they hide them from the real world. And then what happens if you hide your son and daughter from the real world or real pain? Then when they get 18 and they come out of the house, they get smacked in the face by reality. Good luck. You know, and wow. so in, in the situation of my parents was that I had three other siblings. My brother was a wrestler and mm-hmm. he beat the shit out of me, like, you know, in a good way. This yeah, isn't yeah, like yeah. child abuse, you know, <laughs> but like practice wrestling moves on me and I got right. beat up on my siblings. And my dad even told me as, as an adult, he's like, Nick, I didn't put, you know, stepping stools and little hoops on the doors for you because that's not real. The world's not going to adapt to you. You have to adapt to the world. Wow. And so they gave me, they gave me that. Um, but also my parents would put my clothes in front of me and they say, okay, figure it out. Or they put my, you know, my food there and they say, figure it out. And, and as a, an adult, I didn't realize what they were doing in the moment. But as I analyzed my childhood, there was two things they were doing. The first thing was, well, there was three things. I'll give them three things. The first thing that they were doing was at a very early age, I developed an empowering relationship with failure. Now, if you ask most people, I speak, um, I speak all over the world and I notice patterns in people. And I can ask people, what's your relationship with failure? They think it's bad, hmm. right? Because somewhere down the line, your parents told you don't fail. Or it's not good to fail. Or someone outside, you you got beliefs casted you by someone else that failure is bad. But you and I both agree that all of our greatest successes were a bunch of failures led to that success. And so people right now, they can reflect on their relationship with failure, like those that are listening. And there's a little quote that I created, and it's a little rhyme. It says, if failure is a friend, you'll learn to the end. If Mm. failure is a foe, you never grow. Mm. So you can ask yourself, are you leaning into failure? Just for people so they don't have to rewind. <laughs> yeah. Say that again. Yeah. If failure is a friend, you'll mm-hmm. learn till the end. Yes. If failure is a foe, you will never grow. Wow. And so if there's parents listening right now, maybe you listen to this with an open mind. And every time at the dinner table, you ask your son or daughter, hey, what'd you fail at today? Because mm. what is that going to do? That's encourage them to realize, oh, I want to fail more. Yeah. And failure is not so bad. Mm-hmm. It's not win or lose, it's win to learn. Yeah, Nelson Mandela. Yeah. That's Nelson Mandela quote. Yeah. I love that quote. Yeah, he's 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 so inspiring. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that's incredible, brother, because there is so many times in our life, I don't think I started to develop resilience or see failure as an opportunity to overcome until I found the sport of wrestling, uh-huh. um, yeah, which yeah. you can relate to big yeah. time, but you... Learned it from, I mean, you, life. Yeah, from from the earliest age. Yeah, and and you were presented with a choice, and you had the encouragement around you and those people around you. But 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 at the end of the day, it's your choice. Yeah. Am I gonna Am I gonna cave into this? Am I gonna crumble under the pressure? I mean, when I'm so grateful for that, the the serendipitous moment that brought us together at the event, you know, because. 
because of that moment, you were able to, I was able to run around with you that whole week, weekend, and we were able to, to, to room together, go to yeah. meals together and the Watch whole UFC time, together. Yeah. UFC together. Yeah. Uh, and, and we really bonded, but I also learned because I hadn't had so much of an up and close personal like relationship with someone that I love that had challenges. Yeah. And so being able to you know, walk around, push your wheelchair, or even just see you eat. You know, you had to learn that when, when did you learn to start even using a fork? Because that to me, I just watched in awe of <laughs> like, I, I really did. I think yeah. it's something incredible because it goes back to the childhood and you deciding then, yeah, like I'm going to do this yeah, and I'm not going to be considered different except for in amazing, incredible, inspiring yeah. ways. Yeah. That's so, a great question. It, and so at first, learning to eat like my my parents would make like adaptions right and then i finally got i got this spoon that was made it's it's they still make it and it's okay. made for people with arthritis yeah. and it really just like wraps around your arm okay. or wraps around your wrist and so i could eat like that now what's interesting is that was the spoon that i used my entire life and then when i started getting into my teenage years and my adult years and i had friends and we'd go out to eat i'd always forget my spoon Oof. and so there was like one time where like, <laughs> i can relate i forget yeah. my keys in my pocket yeah, exactly i forget, I forget my spoon yeah. right and so um i got fed up with like forgetting my spoon to the point i was like i'm just gonna use a regular fork i'm just gonna use a regular spoon i'm gonna figure it out and as an adult like figured out like i stab this and flip it up like i can eat it and then it solved the problem that i never have to remember my spoon or or my friends never have to remember my spoon again that's how i actually learned how to eat wow. with a regular fork or a regular spoon because i got fed up with forgetting my spoon at home hmm. interesting right? yeah, yeah that is interesting yeah you can use some of those times that you're most i don't know like fed up or uncomfortable or like frustrated you know to push through and say, Agreed. okay, I'll find another way. Agreed. I think I tried this door didn't work or I forgot this. I'm going to do better and I'm just going to adapt. Yeah, for sure. I think, well, yeah, there's two reasons why people change. Um, it's either pain or pleasure. Mm. And, but humans will always run away from pain faster than they run towards pleasure. Yeah. And so usually our change or a transformation in our life comes where we hit a threshold or a pain threshold. And so maybe for you in your life, the pain threshold was bullying. Maybe for you in your life, your pain threshold is you looked in the mirror and you're 200 pounds overweight and you said, I had enough, this is it, right? Or maybe for you, you've been in a relationship and it got to the point where it's so toxic that you hit your threshold. Mm. Um, but why wait for pain to change? Mm. Why do we wait till pain to change when we can change right now? Maybe. I don't know. I, yeah. That's a trick question. Maybe it's yeah, a trick yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. No, I think, I think we, I don't know, because from fighting, we can have a little bit of a sadistic kind of look at pain where it's like yeah. you can almost enjoy it once, once, once it's competitive, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's competitive, it's, yeah, there's a purpose behind the it. The purpose in the pain. Right. Actually, that's a good quote. Yeah, purpose yeah, in the someone pain. Someone note that. Purpose in the pain. Purpose in the pain. <laughs> there always is. Yeah. And, um, if you want it to be, there's always purpose. There's always a gift if you want to find it. Yes. I love that. What do you think? Uh, why, why do we wait until there's enough pain to make change? Uh, I, I can relate this to when I went to treatment, when I went to rehab, yeah. um, I was about to lose everything and would had gone through a divorce. Um, we had tried counseling for like two years. We'd done everything we knew we could. We spent 60 grand one year in counseling. I was going Monday, Friday. She was going Tuesday, Thursday, and then we went together on Wednesday and whenever went through that pain, went through some other pain, then relapsed hard. Um, 
then, you know, fight for the forgotten. I've, I'm so grateful that I have an incredible board mm. that one protects me, but mostly is going to protect the organization. That is what I love most. So when they protect that, they protect me. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I had so much pain that one, they were not just encouraging saying you have to do this. Um, but two, I finally realized like I have not, this is the one thing, the addiction is the one thing I haven't been completely, totally honest about. And it's the one thing I haven't, I've always sought help. Um, whenever it came to wrestling, whenever it came to speaking, cause that was my number one fear. I, I remember my armpits would sweat, my hands would shake. I'd have sweat running down my arm into my palms. Um, and I had a speech therapist, you know, from like kindergarten to sixth grade and, uh, really intensively from kindergarten to second. But whenever it came to this addiction, I said, I got it. And I'd white knuckle it. And I wouldn't ask for help. I wouldn't look for training partners or coaches or mentors to help me do it. I thought that just having the purpose of fight for the forgotten and just having, um, you know, other things that I was doing like that would keep me away from it. But somehow, some way I would end up relapsing. There'd be stints of four or five, six years, but then they would get shorter or they would get, maybe the frequency wouldn't be like a month out, maybe it'd be nine days out or five days out. But those nine or five days, like I could almost lose my life. Oh. And so that last time I relapsed, looking at that pain, I flew down to, to Mexico by myself and it was two flight attendants four pilots or sorry, two pilots, four flight attendants and me, cause this was COVID. And I went down there with a one-way ticket thinking I'm not coming back. And, um, cause of the addiction gripped me so much. I thought I was going to die and I didn't die, um, from an overdose attempt. So that was my second attempt at suicide. Brother, it was even after you wrote the song and released, can you hear me? Yeah. And, um, and coming back, I, I won, I watched the most gorgeous, beautiful masterpiece of a sunrise I ever watched the day after I attempted to take my life. And I took a big gasp, like something like 16, 18 hours after passing out. And I was like, shit, I'm still here. I'm alive. Yeah. And I got back and I got in the water in the ocean, in Mexico. And I, I just felt like a whisper in my spirit. It was God telling me you're not done yet. Yeah. Like, uh, this isn't your legacy, you know, having done what I could and then giving up to the addiction and killing myself because of it. You know, I think, I think getting that second chance, a second suicide attempt, I looked at it and I'm like, this isn't, this isn't the way I'm going out. I should have died, but I didn't. And I think that pain was like, I don't know why I waited for it to get that bad, but I think sometimes with addicts or things like that, depression, suicide attempts, it takes something like that to like wake up that wake up call. Yeah. Maybe that's what the pain is, is a wake up call where it's like, do I want to continue in this cycle and in this pain or is there a solution? Yeah. And so I finally ran towards the solution. And I think that I'm, by the way, I'm glad you're here. Yeah, um, man, and you. I think also sometimes we're scared to ask for help. Mm. Right. Yeah. Um, because we may feel embarrassed or we may feel unworthy. Right. And, and I think this, this is where this stems from in, in the brain is, have you ever heard uh, big boys don't cry? Yeah, of course. That's, that's part of the problem. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you tell at a, as a young kid, right, you tell them big boys don't cry. What does that mean to them? Mm -hmm. They believe that and they say, I should never be weak. I should never cry. I should never be vulnerable. I never should be transparent. Mm -hmm especially about what I'm going through. Yeah. Um, and I think 
and and we don't need to go down this rabbit hole, right? But yeah. I think, and for those that are listening with an open mind, I think it's pretty challenging to be a man mm. in the sense of they don't, no one cares what's wrong. You're a man, suck it up, mm. deal with it, deal with it. Like you said, white knuckle it, yeah. right? For, and so for a the, fighter, you, you just, you're used to fighting on your own a yeah. lot of times. Yeah. And that's how I felt in bullying. And that's why I found fighting because yeah. it was like, um, if I'm a fighter, I won't get bullied. If I'm a fighter, I won't. Maybe I'll be invited to a party instead of so the laughing anyway. stock, right? Yeah. Mine was wrestling. I yeah. said, if I be a wrestler, maybe the girls mm-hmm. will like me. Well, go 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 into that a little bit. How you even had the thought? I can I can do this, and even yeah, yeah. even I would love to hear the story yeah. about your arm. So getting in middle school and high school is super super hard, super challenging for me. Um, there is, and I'll share this to give context, context, it'll bring it, bring it forward. Um, but I was on a bus one time and there was a girl to the left of me and she was making fun of everyone and she got up to me and I still, I know exactly who she is and Mm -hmm. where she, like, I know everything, right. Um, still to this day. And she looked at me and she was like, I don't even have to start with you. You're already too messed up. Look at yourself. Wow. And I'm like 12, I'm like 13 years old. Now what happens is a few things happen in yourself and in your brain when that happens, right? The first thing that happens is I start asking myself questions or I start believing it. Like, why me? Why does she have to make fun of me? Maybe I am disgusting. Maybe girls don't like me. The same thing for you when they said, you're worthless. You started to believe that or else you wouldn't, you wouldn't have attempted or you wouldn't gone down that route if you didn't believe what they said, but you did. They casted something on you and you believed it and you rode with it. Um, And so the same thing for me, I was like, um, girls don't like me. I'll never go to my senior prom. I'll never go to my high school prom. I'll never have a family, all that stuff. And so from middle school on until high school, I had a terrible relationship with females in the sense of like, I thought all the girls were staring at me and they didn't like me and I was disgusting. And because of that event, I didn't go to my junior prom. I didn't go to my senior prom. I was like, screw that, like stubborn, like girls don't like me. And that was just my belief, yeah. right? Because of that specific event, I stemmed a belief. Um, and then it wasn't until and I'll get into the wrestling story too, but it wasn't until I asked myself a better question about my body. So for the majority of my life, I'd be like, well, this is the most disgusting thing. You're born with no legs and one arm. It's the biggest curse. Um, but the way that your brain works is it's it's a problem solving mechanism. And so if you ask your brain a question, it's going to give you an answer. Yes or no, right? It's always going to give you an answer. So that means if you ask yourself a shitty question, what kind of answer do you get? A shitty answer, one. And yeah. if you have a great question, you get a great answer. Yeah. But mo- most of people are going through life asking terrible questions. So they get terrible answers. And that's why I have terrible results in their life. Mm. Right. So I asked myself a better question. And Gosh, I said, <laughs> I asked myself a better question. And I said, you know, what's good about your no legs, one arm? What's mm. the gift in it? And I realized I, I reframe. This is the power of reframing, yes. which we know. I reframe body image, realizing if a girl doesn't want to love me because my no legs, one arm, if someone doesn't want to be friends with me because my no legs, one arm, well, wait, maybe this disability whatever you want to call it is actually working for me yeah. and it's filtering out the it's type of women and men that I don't want in my body. Yeah. It's a filter. Yeah. Right. And so my life changed when you change your story, you change the meaning, you change your life. And I yeah. changed the meaning around my body realizing like, Oh, this is easy now. Like most people who have a full body, they have to like analyze a lot to see if these people are really in it for them. Like I can clearly tell people don't like me if they don't like my no legs, one arm. It's an easy. Out. Yeah. Well, it's, if they don't have, if they can't see through that, yeah. they're not worth It's not even your worth time. my time. It's not even the right person. Yeah. Right. But during that time, I was my like similar to you. You're like, if I fight, maybe I'll get invited. Right. Mm-hmm. I was like, if I'm a wrestler, maybe the girls will like me. I thought wrestler they're still the coolest thing on earth, right? <laughs> and but the reason I being agree. is my older brother, my older brother was a wrestler. Mm. And um 
I just want to be like my brother. And I'm from New Jersey, so wrestling's a big deal. And so by the time I got into high school, my best friends are wrestlers. And they're like, dude, you should try wrestling. You try a bunch of things. Why don't you try wrestling? And at the time, um, this arm, and for those that are listening, is my right arm. We call it the potato. So if you can think of a potato right now, it kind of looks like potato. But it used to look like a chicken wing. And yeah. the reason why I look like a chicken wing is because this arm was five inches longer than it is now. And my bone was going faster than my skin. So it was super sensitive and the bottom line is if I would have hit my arm hard enough, my bone would have came through my skin. So I always used to hide it and it was very sensitive and being solution oriented, like you mentioned earlier, focusing on the solution versus the problem. I was like, what are the ways that I can become a wrestler? And I had a drive because there was multiple reasons. Wrestling, I'd be labeled as an athlete when I said mm. I couldn't. The girls would like me. Maybe I'll get invited to the parties. Maybe I'll finally love myself, right? Like yeah. these are these are the our driving, driving factors. And so I came home day and I sat and pulled my parents down. I was like, want to become a wrestler my mom's like oh no you know like god forbid you hit your arm and your bone comes to your skin i was like well can we cut my arm off wow yeah and i was and they're like what do you mean cut your arm off i was like i don't know doctors can do some crazy things out here can we cut my arm off can we do something about it what was mom's expression or statement i mean i know it was what's now what do you mean yeah yeah they were shocked, but what's interesting Did is... Did they think you were crazy? Yeah, a little bit. I'm a little crazy, but successful people are a little crazy. Yeah, you gotta yeah, be a little yeah, bit crazy, yeah. right? Sure. And so what was interesting is when I was born, the doctors wanted to do a bunch of things to me that my parents denied. Mm. And so, for example, like they were like, well, let's chop his finger finger off. He won't need it. And they're like, no. Yeah. They're like, well, let's split it into two. So he has two fingers. And they're like, no. And then they're like, well, let's put... Um, rods in his quads. I'm not trying to rhyme, but you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Rods in our quads <laughs> and bone lengthening. So maybe he has a better chance of having prosthetics. And they were like, no, 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 because that's Nick's choice. That's Nick's body. And he doesn't, he doesn't have a voice yet. Ooh. And so when I brought forth the solution of amputating my arm that, and they knew it was going to so better the quality of my life it. and better the quality of my life, yeah. they were like, in. Yeah. He brought forth the solution. It wasn't us. We knew it was painful, but he's got to want to do it. Okay. And so since I wanted to do it, they're like, all right, let's chop your arm off. Let's do it. Not my parents, of course, the doctors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so my sophomore <laughs> year, my parents went ahead and scheduled the appointment to amputate my arm. And uh, they lasered five inches of the bone off. Um, they pulled, they did a skin graft where they pull extra skin over my bone. And I remember looking at the doctor, I'm like, I need to beat someone over the head with this when I come out. Like I got to do some physical activities with this thing. Right. And so I came out um, and the surgery went great and I was the happiest kid that just cut his arm off and life was great. <laughs> and, uh, I tried out for my wrestling team and you know, in your, your sports, you have your JV and your uh -huh. varsity. I was JV my junior year. And, um, I went into the room and I was like, guys, you need to like beat me up. Like don't hold back on me because if you hold back on me in practice, I'm going to get my ass kicked when we go out in a real exactly. match. That person ain't going to hold back on me. Right. Um, same thing for life. Notice the yeah. same, the same teachings. Like my dad didn't hold back on me. I got as an early age with a kid with no legs and arm, I got my ass kicked by life. This is the result of getting my ass kicked by life. Now mm. I kick life's ass, right? So yes. That's how it goes, right? And Beautiful. so I got my ass kicked in wrestling. And then my senior year, I was the 106 pound varsity wrestler from my high yes. school. And, um, I started, that's not easy to do in New Jersey, right? Yeah. Not, not easy to do. Now yeah. I'll, I'll share a little insight, a little context. Um, and this is a lesson and I'll share the lesson afterwards. Just for but, people that don't know wrestling in States, like New Jersey is one of the top yeah. States in the country. So they're one of the tops. Now the one Oh six pounder, I think this might be the first podcast I've ever okay. shared this far, right? But the, <laughs> but the, one, the, the 106 pounder uh -huh. that you had to wrestle off. Wrestle right? offs, yeah, for yeah. Sure. I lost my wrestle off to him. Well, his grades weren't good enough. He got kicked off the team. Guess who's there? I'm there. That's how I got my... But the lesson is, listen to me. Most people aren't persistent enough to get the results they want in life. Right. That's it. 
they don't stay the course long enough. Mm -hmm. And so if I was like, well, shit, I'm JV, like I might as well not even try, I might as well quit. I would have never saw the opportunity once he failed off to be the 106 pounder. Mm -hmm. So despite how you make it, you stay the course. And brother, there's two things. One I want to dig into, but most people won't do what it takes or what is necessary to succeed, to overcome whatever challenge faces them. But I also think if we go deeper, drill into, uh, I love drilling water wells, right? So drill into the tactics or, or, yeah, or yeah, whatever yeah. it takes to, you were willing to, to cut your arm off, not just for the chance to wrestle, but what I'm hearing or interpreting is like to love yourself, like your life depends on mm -hmm. it, love yourself enough to, I will sacrifice this which ultimately to you, you didn't see as a sacrifice. Like this is, this is the way that I'm going to become the person that I actually want to be. Yeah. And so, yes, mom, dad, let's go get this appointment. Yes. Doctor cut this off. Yes. Teammates kick yeah. my ass yeah. Yeah. because this is going to make me better. Yeah. On it.com slash overcome to save yourself some money on, on it products. My favorite supplement line in the world. I took my total human today, the daily support. There's a, there's a day support and a night support. I love that. It's on its best products. Also alpha brain. Alpha brain is the best of the best in the world for nootropics. I love having it anytime I take a podcast. I don't think there's been one podcast in these 35 episodes that I have not used alpha brain and I love it. I feel like it helps me get into the flow of conversation faster. I feel like I get to stay there longer. I even think that I honestly ask questions that I might not have. I'm just, I'm just in tune with the conversation. I'm so grateful for alpha brain because I have ADD. I've had it since I diagnosed with this since I was 13. And I think that this is more helpful for me personally. I'm not a doctor, anything like that, but I think it is more beneficial with no negative side effects like a, a Adderall that I used to be prescribed. And so I can take this and I absolutely love it. So please go to onit.com slash overcome or use the code overcome at checkout and save yourself at least 10%. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast. And we're right back to Nick Santanastasso. Let us know what you think. I mean, that is just an incredible metaphor that you were willing to cut five inches off of your arm for the rest of your life. And that, I believe, was a ripple effect into the, all these other amazing oh, man. things you've it done. It started it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it started it started the journey of like finding self-worth and confidence, which I want to uh, I want to dive yeah. into. Um, but also for those that are listening, like to ask a few questions um about the about the arm story. And right. the reason why I, I I'll ask the audience a lot of questions is because if I sit on this podcast and I say this is the way and this is yeah, the way, yeah, people yeah. like screw that. But if I ask right. you a question that you find your own answer. You're going to take action on your own answer, not mine. Yeah. Right. So great leaders, what you notice, they lead people to the right answers with the right questions. Yeah. So a um, few questions, right? Uh, I, I chopped my arm off, right? Maybe for you, it's not a limb, but what are the very beliefs that you need to cut off that no longer serve you? <sighs> that you know that you say over and over again. And these are beliefs. I'll give you some thought joggers in case you're like, no, I don't have beliefs. You have the beliefs. The beliefs are I'm not good enough. I'm too old. I'm too young. I don't have the resources. My whole family's overweight. My whole family never made it through college. It's you just genetic. Yeah. yeah. And talk, you were talking about generational curse, addict, like breaking that. Yeah. I, like, I love that you said that because even now as an adult, I mean, we're going all over, which I love this. We can just yeah. go all over. Like, even as an adult, like you can, 
you can analyze your parents and say, I like that. And I don't like that. Mm. Like, I want to be like that. And I don't want to be like that. You know what I'm saying? Um, which by the way, like no hate to our parents because we can all liberate ourselves from our childhood, realizing that our parents did the best Best they they could could. with what they knew Mm. and their software. Yeah. It's all they knew. Yeah. We can't blame them for it. Right. The only thing we can do is go and unwire it and rewire something greater. Yeah. Right. Wow. And, and, and so I, we're going all over the place, but the thing that I love (laughs) uh, about podcast is this is a new resource for us, our generation, and even our parents' generation, but they didn't have this. They didn't yeah. have these long form discussions. Like the the mainstream media came in and it's all sound bites, you know, yeah, two, yeah. three minute clips, 20 yeah. second clips. And like now we have the access. I mean, you've gone on the biggest podcast in the world. I've been grateful to yeah. be able to do something similar. And those great minds that we get to surround ourselves, we get to upgrade our software quicker and always. quicker and quicker, always. It's at our fingertips. If you choose to. Choose. What are you going to, yeah. How are you going to filter that? What are you going to, what are you going to put in here? Yeah. Right. I wow. think what's also cool, what would just spark my brain is like podcasts, like your kids will be able to watch all your podcasts Yeah. and like wow. see your life or like same for me. Wow. Like we'll actually like, that. in a sense, we live forever Yeah. through our interviews. But like, imagine though, like the secret sauce your kids will learn if they listen to podcasts rather than MTV. Hmm. Shout out to MTV. I'm not hating on you, but I'm just saying it brings some more value. Sure. (laughs) But that's the thing. Like, yeah, this is pretty cool. That's the same thing with vlogging or like your YouTube videos and stuff. Like our parents, like they didn't get to vlog. Mm. They didn't get to document their life. And now like when your kid's born, he's like five years old. It's like, hey, let's sit down on the couch. Look at dad. He just started his business. Look at dad. He's on Joe Rogan's podcast. Look at dad. He's fighting people. Look at dad. He's building wells. Like you'll be able to just be like, here, here's my movie. Wow. Right. And then when you go, which we're never fully gone, but when you go, there's like, shit, my, I still got a bunch of my dad. I can watch them all the time. You know, wow. that's, that's really cool. cool to think about. I'm glad that you're doing this. Yeah. Thank you, brother. I actually, um, this is an incredible opportunity. There's two things. Um, I'll, I'll get to the second one, but the first thing that with podcasting, since we're on that, uh, I have a friend, Amy and I both have a friend named Sky King and he's just kind of this forward thinking finger on the pulse, like podcasting. I would call him a guru type guy, but he's behind the scenes and he thinks this is the modern Stoa. That's actually his company. I think it's modernstoa.co or something, but the modern Stoa, meaning like the Stoics, like they would have these long form conversations on a topic or a theme. And we don't do that anymore. We lost it until podcasts came back around. And so now we can really tackle an issue or someone's story and we can give it the time that it needs. And I love that because, and I'm going to tell you about my tattoo I'm getting because um, this tattoo is all stoic philosophy themed. In fact, around my neck, uh, my friends at Alexander Drake made this one, but shout out to them. But I collected this coin. It's a Marcus Aurelius silver denarius. And it's from ancient Rome. Uh, it's almost 2000 years old. Wow. Um, and on the back, so that's the fifth of the five good emperors of Rome. He was the one in gladiator that said, what we do in this life echoes in eternity. Mm-hmm. But he was, he, he, he wrote meditations. He's an incredible Roman emperor King that like also was writing this book meditations just for himself on the way that he wanted to live his own life. What's really cool about that, everyone knows Marcus Aurelius, the fifth of the five good emperors, but hardly any know the fourth of the five good emperors. This is Antinius Pius. What I love about him was he mentored Aurelius because on the front of this, this is Marcus Aurelius at Caesar without a beard. This is the only time you see him on his bust or statues or pictures of him where he doesn't have a beard. And 
So young Marcus was mentored by Antinius Pius, who reigned for 26, 28 years, something like that. But his lineage and his legacy to me, he was the only Roman emperor ever to have a completely peaceful reign. He never went to war. Of all the Roman emperors, wow. he's the only one. But also, he Hadrian created or designed the aqueducts while uh, Pius brought clean water to all of Rome. So he, he, he was a man of, after my own heart, bringing water yeah. to the people that need it. Yeah. But his wife, whenever she died, um, she had started one girl's home, like an orphanage. And one of her dying wishes was that he would do that all throughout Rome. And so he did. He helped create modern charities. Uh, he freed slaves. He stopped the crucifixions for religious persecution or for criminals. He was just like, this is inhumane. And for me, the Stoics, like this, this is memento mori. It's not finished yet. I'm going to have a rose here. But that's a skull, right? I mean, that's not my size dome, but maybe your size dome <laughs> on my head. But it's for me, that means life short. Like uh, that's going to be me someday. That's yep. going to be you someday. Yep. That skull. So what are we going to do? Uh, the rose will mean let's make it something beautiful. Life yeah. short. But whenever we have blood in our veins or skin on our skull or, yeah. or beating heart in our chest or breath in our lungs, like let's let's make it something beautiful. Let's make it matter. Um, and I'm going to have a bunch more, but, um, man, that's, that's at least something that, that, that I think can resonate with your story because you at 25 years old brother with whatever the, a doctor might label as a disability, you have labeled as a opportunity. And at 25 years old, I'm not kidding, man, the most people that I know that are twice your age, 50, maybe even three times your age, 75, you've outlived five or 10 of them combined. Right. I mean, the life you lived, have lived, the legacy you've already left. Like, it's incredibly inspiring to me. And I think every person can take note. I want everyone to go follow your social media, your website, all that, because how you live a victorious life and how you help teach, coach, and just by the way you live and the way people can watch, like, it inspires them to be victorious, to overcome, and to take on hard things. Don't run away from them, head towards them. And, and over here on my arm, I'm going to get a, a stoic flame, but it's going to be the Olympic torch because I lived at the Olympic Training Center, yeah. national champ, all that. But really, the Olympics just inspire me because most of those athletes have a reason that they won. Yeah. The person that broke the world record, they broke it because maybe their mom passed and it's in their honor. Or maybe dad has cancer and this is their last time to be able to see him compete potentially, right? Yeah. And so they'll find a way to dig deeper than ever before. And that will push them literally faster than ever before or yeah. compel them to do the best in training, wake up early, stay up late, whether it's, it's fighting, maybe they'll diet down. I mean, Dustin Poirier is fighting this weekend with McGregor. <laughs> you're, you're stoked. I'm a Dustin fan. You're a little bit of a McGregor fan, yeah. which is great. And, uh, these guys, when they get in there to go to battle, like they have to remind themselves of the reasons why. And I think Dustin is setting himself apart from Connor, my personal opinion, because Connor's been there, done that, and, and and Dustin still is hungry after that belt. Connor's been the double champ. Dustin, you know, he fights tomorrow. These guys yeah. fight tomorrow. Yeah. You guys won't see the, uh, this before then. But anyways, he's got also his charity. He's got his little girl, his beautiful wife, Jolie. He's got, he's got the Good fight, fight Foundation. He's teamed up with us. I mean, you, you stack up these reasons. So what are some of your biggest reasons why you do what you do, why you live the life that you live and how, how did it come to, to be from, I've got to overcome this stuff 
to I'm going to help others overcome yeah. a weak mindset. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, which, by the way, talking about the conquerors too, like yeah. with his quote that he said that what we do in this lifetime mm. echoes. If we're talking about him two thousand years later, right? Did something right? Yeah, you know what I'm saying wow. that's wild. Wow. Um, and but, I, I wanted it so bad, I was hunting on eBay yeah. <laughs> and, and other websites and auctions, and yeah. and it's a crazy story how I got this yeah. because it was the only one that came available in like ten, mo- 10 months of looking for it. Love that. Yeah. Real quick before I answer what you said yeah. too, it's like um, Tony Tony says success leaves clues, mm. and so it's like if you study someone who has the results that you want, they most likely got some secret sauce. Yeah. Like and and so where you said choose, like what are you gonna you gonna watch Netflix or you can read an autobiography of someone who has the life you want, which one's gonna be more valuable? Wow. Um, but going back to what you said, like my purpose and stuff, there's there's two forms of motivation. There's push and there's pull. Mm. Right. So a lot of us and a lot of people listening right now, you've probably been pushing towards your goals, pushing towards a relationship, goals, wealth, whatever it may be. And we've all gotten burnt out. Yes. Yeah. The reason why we get burned out is because you can only push so much. I think burnout for me is what I would I would white knuckle it, whatever. And then I would I would be pulled in a lot of ways. I think where you're going, but yep. I would push myself sometimes too far, too much with just checking the boxes. And then I think when I would burn out, get tired. Um, lonely, depressed, whatever, um, not open up and have connection, lose connection with people. Yeah. I think when that burnout happened, that's when I'm at my most vulnerable to, to, to repeat a cycle. I mean, there's a lot at risk with me being uh, an addict and having struggle with suicide. So, but, but some don't deal with it to that extreme, but like, I think I know where you're going, but tell me the difference between push and pull again. Yeah. So like push is, you, you ask most people, why do you go to work? They say, I have to. Mm. It's not a good enough reason. No. Exactly. Right. So there's yeah. no, there's no motivation. Yeah. Just do it. Right. Um, but if you have a pull, you can pull all day. Right. So the pull is your why we're talking about purpose, whether it's, you know, fight for the forgotten, whether it's the building wells, whether it's who knows, but you find your purpose and that stuff will pull you on the days where you don't want to do it. Mm. And so for me, um, I've kind of like, simplified my ultimate driving force down to like one sentence and it's to give my parents a life like they gave for me. Oof. And so like when I don't want to work, I do it for my parents. You know, like yeah. I do it for me, but um I want to like retire my parents. That's one of my ultimate driving forces. Right. But also I've I've been able to travel the world and see people that have all their limbs and everything and they're living unfulfilled lives and that really bothers me. Oof. Not in the sense of like they're doing something wrong, but in the sense that they only know what they know. Right. And yeah. so like getting into like some weird stuff is like, I just believe that like, this is just a matrix. Like we're, we're just in a game and most, most people are unconscious. Hmm. Um, and, and the reason why I say that is because like studies show by the age of 35, you are 95% on autopilot, meaning your thoughts, your actions, your behaviors, your feelings, your triggers, the way that you talk is 95% unconscious. And there's only 5% of your conscious brain that's trying to change. Wow. And so like, have you ever had a, a time where like you just snapped at someone and you're like, that's not me. Hmm. It's unconscious. Yeah. Just you did it. Or have you ever had three weeks, four months, two years where you go, where did time go by? You're unconscious. Hmm. And so most people are drifting through the world on their unconscious autopilot. And I want to break people out of their autopilot, like yeah. shake them and be like, hello, like wake up, you're in the game. Like, let's, let's at least do something great, like purposeful, like let's have a fulfilled life. Right. right. Um, but your autopilot comes from your upbringing, like the way that your parents talk to you, the things that you were exposed to, your environment, right? Like, for example, like the, that I love the, the Dr. Pepper story that you tell is an amazing yeah. story. And like, 
when they said like, you're not worthy, like you believed it. Mm. And that's why we feel that way. Right. And it's, it's not until we break through of that belief and rewire a new belief, then we'll always have that feeling come up. Yeah. Right. Fight for the forgotten.org. You can go check out fight for the forgotten, the foundation that I started. It is my passion project. It is something that I love so much because of the people we get to help. We get to help the pygmy tribe who adopted me in help themselves. We say opportunity is greater than charity. Charity can be great, but opportunity is just always better. That's why we've drilled something like 80 water wells already, providing over 30,000 people clean water. We've started sustainable farms, bought back over 3,000 acres of land for the people who originally owned it, put it in their name. We built 32 homes, and now we're about to start a health center, a school, and a marketplace. They're going to have a maternity ward, a pediatrics unit, and a dental suite. You can join the Fight for the Forgotten Fight Club at fightfortheforgotten.org. We would love, love, love to invite you on this journey to join this fight arm in arm with us. Our Fight Club, it's a monthly giving club. You can give $5 or more a month, and that empowers us to empower people. Thank you for being on this journey with us. I invite you to come along for the ride. It's been absolutely epic, putting love and compassion in action and fighting for people. Fightfortheforgotten.org. Join our fight club. Real quick on that. Yeah. Uh, the the tran- Dr. Pepper Transformer story, some people haven't heard oh, yeah, that, yeah, maybe yeah, yeah, potentially, yeah. but I'm not going to go into that. But yeah. what I'm going to say from it is I was inspired to dress up like a Dr. Tra- Pepper Transformer. I liked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Dr. Optimus Pepper. Yeah. <laughs> but on the drive over here, you came to my talk and I got to tell them we're about to go do this podcast. We were just at Red Rock Casino here in Vegas. And on the way back, Amy had taken some notes and she told me, you know, you can look at this in a different way. You have consciously tried to transform from where you were as that little kid and transform that hurt into healing or transform that hurt into love or hate into love. And I think that you are a transformation expert. You've transformed yourself and then me trying to overcome these things throughout my life and help others overcome them. I mean, I really think like now I can look at that. I go, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like I've been trying to transform myself from that bullied kid into now helping others that have been bullied or felt forgotten at the lunch table by myself. Now try to transform to help the most forgotten people group in the world. Yeah. But brother, like the way that you have transformed your mindset and are shaking people to while they're asleep, (laughs) you know? Yeah. With, uh, with sometimes an abrupt, just by the way you live, you're like, Whoa, just seeing you like, wow, look at that guy. <laughs> yeah, if he yeah. can do it, I can do it. Yeah. You know, but other times it's like this gentle, sweet nudge and just the way that you use your powerful voice, Thank um, you. and the words, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm rewatching this so I can take notes. <laughs> yeah. For real. Yeah. I, I think I thank you for that. I think, um, it goes back to asking great questions, right? Mm. And so, like, you can look at that moment. Um, by the way, we're all leaving you on a cliffhanger with this Dr. Pepper story. You have to go find his yeah, Dr. Yeah. Pepper story somewhere. <laughs> um, but m- most of the time, what's really powerful is you can you can reflect on an event and ask yourself, like, what are the learnings? Mm. Or what are the teachings? Yeah. Or what did it sculpt me into? And, right. and, like, from an outside perspective, like, being your friend, like, dude, the reason why, like, you're so compassionate and loving and you love people and you have some e- so much empathy is because so many people hurt you mm. and you want to do different. Yeah. Now, 
I'm going to let you know that if you had the perfect childhood and the perfect mom and the perfect dad and the perfect upbringing, that you wouldn't be Justin Wren. Mm. That's bottom line. That's it. That's 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 it. So because of the pain that you've gone through, you don't want other people to go through that same pain. And that's why you changed the world. But if you didn't go through any pain, you may be just living life somewhere. We wouldn't be in this interview, bro. Because so like, in a sense, like you can look back and like, you can thank those kids. Yes. Like, thank you. Like, and, and you were like, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Right. Like you, you thank those kids. We, Amy and I just had a little meditation before we came out here. And this is so crazy in line with what we were talking about. She was telling me, put her hand on my heart and tell me, thank those kids. Yeah. You know, this has given you such an opportunity. You wouldn't be who I know and love. Who She said, literally, we, you wouldn't be who we know and love. And we wouldn't be here right now if, if those kids didn't hurt you. So thank them. And uh, it's just so wild because hearing it from you, hearing it from two that I love the most and respect the most and aspire to be like, you know, it, 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 it really hits home. I started, I started having a little bit of tears. Coming. Yeah. Um, and then that's not, that's not a, just like a, a whisper. It's not like it's coincidental. It's supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. Like that was supposed to happen. And, and, and she was supposed to say that and I was supposed to reinforce it. Mm-hmm. That's how life goes. Welcome to the matrix. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love you, man. Yeah. And, uh, and you, you are supposed to be born like this. Because, brother, you're one of the most inspirational people walking the face of this earth. Thank you, brother. And, but I, uh, you know what I do think about? Huh. Take this on a weird road, dude. Yeah, I yeah. always do think about, you know, like Spartan movies. If I was born like this during Spartan times, it would have kicked me down the hole. So I'm glad that I was yeah, born yeah, yeah, yeah. this time. Yeah. I think this is like my eighth life. I've probably been yeah. around. I'm kind of like Baby Yoda. Um, <laughs> Maybe you lost it in a war. Yeah, yeah. Back and, yeah, right? And, but I always yeah. think, do, do you believe in like past lives and stuff? What are your thoughts on that? Man, I'm, I just I'm up in the air on it. No, no. Okay, yeah, I, I'm up in the air on it because I wasn't raised that way at all. But yep. I've, I've been surrounded by more and more people that talk about it. And I'm like, whoa. You know, I, I have such a deep heartfelt. And I've had these people tell me that, oh, you have a, a hunter-gatherer connection, thing like that. Because and I, I went and lived with a hunter-gatherer tribe. They didn't even know that when they met me. And so, and I have such a deep love for the pygmy people um, but man, I just know that I know that I know that this was a, a God given gift to me from, uh, him or him, her, whatever, whatever you want to say, yeah, yeah. but, but to have that relationship, to have that second family, to have them teach me so many lessons in my life, um, about the way to live, about the way to love, about the way to care for one another, um, and about the way to get I don't know if it's fulfillment or connection through like each other. Like we got to have each other. And I, I think that living in twig and leaf huts that they do, man, there, there's no walls. It's not these big, they would consider every home here a castle, right? Yeah. Um, and we, yeah, yeah, we retreat to it. We retreat to it. We hide, we isolate and we numb out whether it's on the video games or the phone or the TV. And like that takes away from time being with each other, whether it's with being with your neighbor that for the pygmies, like if an argument happens with a husband and wife, you know, everyone in the village hears it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. If a kid's in trouble for doing something, like everyone knows it. Yeah. But what's also so beautiful is like, if someone is messing up in the tribe, if they're, if they're, they're, they're just being a knucklehead, out of love, they bring that person in, sit them down with the elders, their wives, everyone else, and they talk with them. Like, hey, this is happening. We see it. 
we see it. You can't hide it, man. Yeah. We love you. This is out of love. Like we got to make a change. So powerful. So high accountability, but in a really loving, incredible way. And that person's presented with a choice. The choice is change and stay part of the tribe, the village. If you don't, like after a while, you get chances, second chances, all I love. But after a while, you're like, hey, man, you got to go find another village to live in. Damn. And it's almost like it's hard. I've seen it happen once. But it was a guy that was hurting people, you know. And so ended up kind of excluding them. And I'm sure that's really hard. But they did it out of love, out of love, out of love, out of love. And gave them every opportunity. And who knows now, that might have been the best thing to ever happen to that guy. Wow. Just like me having to go to treatment. Um, but anyways, whenever you, you bring it to that, I'm just like, yeah, man, we, we, we disconnect in so many ways here and there, even in pain, you're able to connect with each other more. The struggle, when you struggle, you don't have to struggle alone. They struggle together. When I told them, I would love to at least ask you about the song, can you hear me? And, uh, the music video and where it came from, because when I was there with the pygmy people, um, and I've been going back the last 10 years, but when I first told them about my suicide attempt the first time, it it had them cross-eyed and confused. Like they were looking around at each other. They didn't understand. And I only told a small group, right? But their question back to me is like, why would you ever do that? And I was like, what do you mean? They go, why would you ever hurt yourself? That just hurts everyone else. And it was like such an inconsiderate, like unthinkable thing for someone to do self-harm. Like they had not even heard of anyone in their villages, in their region. They go, we might've heard of someone killing themselves sometime, but there, I think because they struggle together, they get through things mm. um, together. Yeah. And, um, and it leads me into thinking like, man, there's so many struggles we have that we're so ashamed to talk about in our culture. They're like there you can't hide and you have to talk about, you're forced to talk about. And I think it's even, even going and collecting water, like no one goes and does it alone. They go as a group and it might be a six mile hike. Yeah. And it might be kids, women, like they are struggling. 44 pounds, five gallon bucket, or five gallon jerry can. It's 44 pounds and full. Sometimes those kids are carrying two of them. 88 pounds. Yeah. Some of the time I'm thinking like, and someone put it on their heads and I'm just like, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do it that long. My neck would hurt. My back would hurt. All that other stuff. But they have just become resilient through circumstances. Yeah. But you, whenever it comes to like, can you hear me? Like, can you share some of the, can you set it up and, and share yeah. like what that song was about? Yeah. So, um, I do a lot of things, right? We yeah. do a bunch of things. Um, but one of a question I asked myself, I think during like COVID and stuff, I was like, um, what, what would little kid Nick want to do? Hmm. You know? Cause I think as we grow adults that we, we stop doing the things that we did as kids that really make us feel good. Mm. Right. It's kind of like flow state, like things like when you do that time kind of passes by for maybe if you're, maybe for you, it's dancing, it's chess, it's knitting. I don't care what it is, but there's probably a few things you left in your childhood that you should implement in your adulthood. Yeah. And so one of that for me was like singing, just like music. I just love music. And, um, I wanted to, I also realized the music industry is shit and they are just conditioning people for drugs and alcohol and, strip club. I mean, we can go on that rabbit hole all day. Right. And so I wanted to create my thought process actually was that only a small percentage of the world will see me on a personal development stage. Not everyone goes to personal development stages. So I'm really only impacting a small percentage of the world. But if I created music, music 
moves the world. Mm. Music moves everyone. So say someone saw me at a concert and then they follow my Instagram and then they saw I have a confidence course and then I saw I have a mastermind and coaching, like that person could be changed just by one song and the funnel goes on and on and on, yeah. right? And so I wanted to create music that's meaningful. Um, and so Do You Hear Me was a, a song about suicide rates. Um, because like I had suicidal thoughts, um, you know, you, you've tempted, right? Like yeah. we struggle with that stuff. And, um, there's a lot of people that struggle that struggle with that, that you would never know. Yeah. Right. They struggle alone. They struggle in darkness probably because they thought vulnerability is weak. Yeah. Well, just on that, because I, because we know statistics will share these stories, but yeah. like for people that don't know before COVID pre COVID ages, 10 to 24 years old, the second killer in the United States was suicide before COVID. But this year, I know I've been to several funerals huh. and I know four people that have taken their life Wow! just this year alone. And this is when COVID is, we're kind of coming out of it, right? Um, I know a really close friend that worked at a suicide hotline for years and she had to stop during COVID for her own mental health because she was fielding calls like no ever, none wow. other ever before. They think some experts have alluded to that because of COVID and the isolation and the disconnection that that will take the number one spot. Um, suicide. Take away human connection. Yeah. Take away everything. Yeah. So back to, that's a whole other rabbit hole yeah. Too. yeah, that's wild. Yeah. Um, so Cause I cried whenever I watched that music video. Yeah. And the words are powerful. Music. Yeah. So it was just a, a song more to relate of that perspective is life and that you, you know, that, um, just bringing awareness to suicide and suicide awareness. And actually, I don't even know, know if you know this, but you had texted me before I wrote that song, by the way, you had texted me an article of a nine-year-old kid who hung himself. Yeah. And you're like, and, and we were probably doing some work together. And yeah. in the song, because of that article, the, 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 the line is, um, we have nine-year-olds smart enough to tie a noose. This is a problem, you know, and it kept going, right? That's from your article. And so I like, like that, that article stood out to me of like, even we have nine-year-olds smart enough to tie a noose. Like this is a problem. Like even nine-year-olds are taking their life. Right. So that was just reinforcing that. um, um, The reason I sent you that was because my mom is the one that knew the mother that made the, my parents have a photography company and studio and they made the memorial plaque. Wow. Um, but my mom knew the mom. Wow. And uh, to think of a nine-year-old doing that. Yeah. Um, my mom sent it to me. I went in I went in and put my arm around her. And while she was holding that memorial thing, she just cried in my arm saying, this could have been you. You know, mm. it shouldn't be him. Yeah. And uh, I just felt prompted and compelled to tell you her to tell you his story. Yeah. yeah. And so like, yeah, I put that in there because I thought it was super powerful. But it was just a song to bring, bring awareness because I want... Um, like you said, like even me just living my life, people like get mind, mind fucked, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know if I could say yeah, that. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, mind fucked. Anytime. So they're like, holy shit, like what is this guy doing? Like yeah. if, if he's happy, like why can I be happy? Like it can just be a subtle thing. Like it's right. even, even anyone, like just a simple smile to a stranger, you may change that person's life. They Like someone may be going through life and thinking they have a belief like ter- people are terrible and people are mean. And then one day like you're like, hey, nice shirt. And they're like whoa, there are nice people out there. I was going to kill myself tonight. But yeah. because that person smiled at me or complimented me, like my life's going to change forever. You'll never know the ripple effect. Yeah. I, I actually just got, um, I did an Instagram live and I was going in an ice bath and that helps train the vagus nerve, which actually yeah. shows the the parasympathetic, 
parasympathetic nervous system. Come do it. Yes. Yeah. Come to Austin and Amy and I will put you in ice. Great. I'm in. And, uh, dude, it's, but anyways, while I was in there, uh, he said in the chat, you know, that me just sharing my story, um, like he was on the Brooklyn bridge. Damn. He was on the Brooklyn bridge. Um, couldn't jump and decided not to. And I actually got a message from him. Uh, help me remember to get back to him, Amy, please. But, um, uh, th- uh, not that I would forget, but it's it, this morning, he sent me a message again saying how he wants to help and change people's lives and all that stuff wow. because he almost took his own. And, um, I was just like, Whoa, like the weight of that, Yeah, you know, like I know brother that you have changed lives, saved lives, bettered lives. And, um, I'm just so, so fucking grateful for the human being. I broke the F-bomb. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it First podcast, it's out the way. It's out the way. <laughs> the vanilla gorilla can say it too. You know? Yeah. But so, uh, I think, but, but for those that are listening to, I want to reinforce that, like, um, it takes a true man or a true woman to voice what they're going through. Mm. Right. Because I'm, I'm telling you, we've been conditioned, like, don't cry, like be strong, like don't talk about your problems. Don't You're, do you'll be a burden if you yeah, do. Exactly. And that's the total opposite. Yeah. And so like, even just spreading the message of, of if you're struggling, like voice it out. Yeah. Um, like ask for help. Like it's not weak. It, it's actually like weak to like, just hold on to it and not share anything. And, um, I don't know if you know this either, but this, the 31st would be his birthday. My, my brother overdosed mm-hmm. and it was, it was about a year, a year and a half ago. And, um, it's a brother that I wanted to be like and everything. And he was a Marine and it was like a great dude. Right. And then just the, the drugs took over and, um, I don't know, maybe the thought process that he didn't want to ask for help. I mean, he asked for help, but it was like, it just went back and forth. Sober, not sober, sober, not sober, sober, not sober. Right. Um, but the, the very reason why change is hard, because we would agree change is hard. Change yeah. is really hard is because your old software and your old identity is always trying to bring you back mm. to mm. who you were. Yeah. And, and, and so like, for example, like we've all had moments where we, we lose the weight and then what do we do? We gain it back mm-hmm. or we get the girlfriend and then we self-sabotage it because we don't think we're worthy, right? Like there's a lot of yo-yoing going on. And the reason being is because your mind wants what's comfortable, what's known and what's certain. And so we become addicted to how things make us feel. That could be drugs, that yeah. could be gambling, that could be porn, like you name yeah. it, you get addicted the way that it makes you feel. Yeah. And so when you attempt to change your make life- Make you feel or change the way you're currently feeling. Or change your state, yeah, yeah change the way that you make yeah. you feel. Like you don't like the way you're exactly. feeling, so you wanna feel something else, mm-hmm. right? And so when you attempt to change your life, and this is important for those that are listening, when you attempt to change your life, whether that's going on a diet, whether that's working out, whether that's trying to get sober, right? Your, your mind goes, Oh, I don't like these new feelings. Mm. I don't like sobriety or I don't like happiness or I don't, I'm not used to feeling this. And so what it will do is it'll send thoughts to your mind and the thoughts will go like this. The thoughts will be like, you're just like your dad. Mm. You're just like your mom. Hit the snooze button. You deserve chocolate. Do it tomorrow. You deserve that cigarette. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, and yeah. so it's in Absolutely. those defining moments that you either override your old software or you fall victim and you fall back to who you are. Yeah. Well, man, from being in the recovery world, they say that drugs and alcohol were never the problem. They were my solution. My problem was the way that I felt yep. or, or my thought process or those, those under deeply rooted beliefs, thing, or yeah, beliefs and everything yep. else. 
And so you just have always gone to that as the solution. So now you have to provide a new solution and, and be able to handle those feelings when you get uncomfortable, yeah. become comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. That's the, that is jujitsu. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. have to be comfortable that's being uncomfortable. That's life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's life. Yeah, you're right. That's yeah. life. And, uh, but I, but thank you for, for sharing about your brother here openly. Yeah. Um, I, I'm curious whether it was, I know you, you had, a, you looked up to me, you had a great relationship, all that stuff, but, but is there anything you would tell someone that's going through what he went through or is there anything that you maybe wish you could have said or that would have, would have landed and, and hit home? This is an interesting, it's an interesting point. Um, so, so a few things, um, it got to the point where, I had to distance myself right, I remember just because of things were happening. Right. Mm -hmm. But I could be there verbally, like I give it advice. So I was always there for him advice, like messaging me that, that, that stuff. I was always there. Right. So don't, I don't have any regrets, but I also, it was a challenge because I was like, I change people's lives all the time. Why can't I help my brother? Yeah. Right. So there's also a point, I know that feeling. It, there's also a point where like, it's, it's like the quote, like you can lead a horse to the water, but you can't force it to drink. And some may say like, you can, you can drown it. You can shove its head in the water, but people won't change if they don't want to change. Right or if they're not ready to change, yeah. you can't force the change. Right. So, um, but also a part of me, brother, I think that some people, they go through life and that this is like their journey. Like this is like yeah. their, the path that they live and the story that they've wrote and that they kind of like, they go on and they have another life and they learn mm -hmm. more lessons and maybe they have a better life than that one. Like that's kind of just my take on it. Um, but also for, for those that are struggling, like one, you're not alone. And, and two, like you said, like the pygmy said, you don't have to struggle alone. Yeah. Um, but if you want me to speak direct, it'll be stupid for you to suffer by yourself rather than suffer with someone else or at least voice your problems. Yeah. Because if, if you struggle and you don't tell anyone and something happens, you didn't tell anyone. And so that, that's kind of how I kind of feel like letting people know you don't have to struggle alone. Yeah. Um, reach out. There's so much help. There's so many groups. Um, but also you have to change your environment hmm. because you can become sober, but if you hang around people who are doing the same shit, you're going to do the same shit. Right. It's only a matter of time. If you hang around people who have low standards, it's only a matter of time you lower your own standards. And so I think people can get clean, but if they don't switch their whole entire environment, it happens again. Yeah. And I think that was my, my, I think that was the challenge for my brother in the sense of like, he got clean multiple times, but the environment that he was in, he didn't want to change. Um, and he just went back to the old thing and people don't want to change because it's uncomfortable and average is easy. Wow. It's comfortable. Yeah. I need to stay here. Wow. If change was easier, if change was easy, everybody everyone would change their damn life. Yeah. Everyone would do it. I think for me, um, in competition or with fight for the forgotten and like thinking we have this goal, let's get there. Um, or in recovery, I think I've always had to like raise the bar of necessity to why, like with those reasons, those whys, those everything else. And to make that change, like I'm, I'm actually about to go move all my stuff from Oklahoma city to Austin. I've been living in Austin. But I knew that for me, Oklahoma City's great. It's a gym. I love it. But I I had failed and I had 
um, relapsed and I had, and I just, that apartment to me, it's great. It's got a good thing, all that stuff. It's tied to things. I needed a change and everything. Once I made that change, like the, my orbit, my circumstances, my atmosphere, it's like the oxygen got more pure and I could breathe deeper. And uh, all of a sudden, like things were being magnetized. We had a donor walk into the yard and said, no, I mean, a a new donor said, Hey, uh, I heard you're here. Here's a check. I'm like, what? Like, how does that happen? And, uh, and just for making that change and I moved there, it's like the podcast Mecca of the world about to be, and now I get to start mine. And now you're my first guest and <laughs> all this stuff. And it's because I made a change that was going to be hard for me. I was like, ah, I don't know if I want, but there's a great recovery community yeah. in Austin. Yeah. Um, Amy's in Austin, <laughs> uh, but, but there's so much opportunity there. But at first it was a struggle for me because I got comfortable yep. in Oklahoma city yep. and I thought I couldn't even train MMA in Austin. There's not a big MMA thing there. That's your brain trying to justify like, these are the reasons why yeah. I shouldn't, yeah. you know? Well now, I mean, it's gotta be off the radar, but uh, I can't go public with it yet. But but Austin is about to become an MMA mecca of the world too. And um, so I'm not even gonna have to, I, I was keeping my apartment in Oklahoma city because I thought I have to go back there to train. Yeah. Now my main training partner and the only reason for me to stay there is coming down to Austin all the time. And his coach who trained him is coming there. It's Rafael Lovato jr. He's going to be coming to Austin a lot. Shanji Hibero moved to Austin already. I've got my grappling covered. Now I got my striking covered through my new sponsor and recovery. He's a badass mm-hmm. and he's a boxing coach, striking coach. And he's there for me always. So me just making that move now, I mean, other people are attracted there for so many reasons. You get sucked yeah. into the Austin, Texas vortex. Yeah. You've been yeah, there. Yeah. It's amazing. They got good food. Too. They do got good food. I love food. Great barbecue. I, I can't wait to take you. Bodybuilding. Out. <laughs> I don't like that too much. <laughs> exactly. But anyways, uh, not to get off on the side. It's just it is hard to do uh, make change. Um, but I think when you decide, I mean, there's Ryan Holiday, the guy that's that's done a lot of the daily Stoic kind of modernizing Stoic philosophy, and he's got a book called The Obstacle Is the Way you know, head towards the challenge. And I remember climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, I got to a false summit and uh, I was doing it with some military veterans and some Super Bowl champions and the military veterans, uh, some of them were amputees and things. And they fucking dug so deep and were such an inspiration, like puking, like crazy. We had a stomach bug. Yeah. And these guys going up there, one of the guys had like tears freezing to his face because he was puking diarrhea and he was still going, nothing was going to make him turn back. But we got to a false summit and these people from, uh, uh, I forget if it's the Netherlands or Austria, they're from Austria. They go, the summit's right there. It's right around the corner. And we pass a corner and we see these flags and we see this post and man, did we pick it up mm-hmm. and we went there and we got right to it. And it was some other like landmark. Uh, it was a high point, but it, it wasn't, wasn't the summit. summit. Yeah. And we all got there and we were exhausted and guys were crying and puking. And we got there and the disappointment, you know, the disappointment like was like, wow. We got what did they say? Out. They were we, just like, hey, we were just kidding. No, no. They were going the opposite way. They were coming down. <laughs> so oh. so they were, I don't know why they said that to us, but maybe they were just God. messing with us. Yeah. Maybe someone did it to them. So they yeah, did it yeah. to us. <laughs> Telephone game. But, but we got there and one of the guys turned around. One of our, one of our team, that false summit hit them so hard. This, and this wasn't one of the military veterans amputees. This was a pro athlete, um, decided to turn back and, uh, couldn't do it. And it's crazy, man. I think a lot of times in our life we'll have a false summit. I've never related this to anything, 
But for me, that relapse, I thought my recovery was going well before I went to treatment. And then I had that, I thought, I'm at the summit. It's not going to take me out. And I didn't get vigilant. I didn't decide to keep doing what I needed to do. And then, you know, I decided to turn back yeah. and, and go the other way, make wrong choices. And so, man, I, um, I'm so grateful that I have people like you in my life. You, you know what? I, not that I need to apologize to you, but I do know that you wrote, do you hear me? I was even a, uh, uh, I inspired a, a, a lyric in the song from sharing that with you. You came to, to the school. You, you did all these amazing, incredible things for our organization. You helped the high school raise $360,000 for a nonprofit. And whenever I relapsed, I felt like I couldn't share it with anyone because these good things were happening. And if I told anyone, would I lose that? And I was losing myself to the drugs. And um, I know I could have reached out to you. And I didn't. Um, there was a, a big support team around me and I didn't utilize that, yeah. you know? So anyways, I guess, I guess going through some recovery steps and stuff, there'll be a moment where I'll, I'll, I'll tell my sponsor, he'll have me make amends and I'll ask, how can I make things right? But I just want to look you in the eyes, man, and tell you, I love you so much. Thank you for being there for Thank me. You, Thank you for coming out to my nonprofit and s- waiving any speaking fee, traveling, coming and giving your all which changed lives. I don't know if you remember, but after that talk, people came up to us that were suicidal. Yep. that had been bullied. That school yep. had lost two students that year to suicide. Yep. And I feel like the trajectory of that school changed whenever you came in there. We did it. We did we it. did it. Together. Yes, sir, brother. Love yeah. you well, we've got like uh, just a couple minutes, my man, um, because we got cards on these uh, things. Okay. So we can't keep going. And you got a hard stop. But brother, I absolutely um, am so grateful for the man that you are. I've said that a few times, but is there anything as we wrap up, people can find you at, at Nick Santanastasso on Instagram, your website, all that stuff. But before that, is there anything that's like coming up for you to either share or a story or a thing to say that just you feel prompted? Yeah, I'd say... Thank you for all that. I would say just to leave them with, um, and this goes for everyone that the, the foundation to your success is in all areas of your life just comes down to the way that you love yourself. Mm-hmm. And the more that we find out ways to love ourselves and follow through on the very things that we say we're going to do, we can build that self-worth. The, the quote that I'd say is you'll never make more than you think you're worth. Mm-hmm. And that's in all areas of your life. If you don't think you're worth a relationship, you won't get it. If you don't think you're worth the mindset, you won't have it. If you don't think you're worth the money, you won't make the money. And so we've been conditioned as humans to seek validation from external things yeah. like watches, houses, cars, Instagram likes, you name it. We get validation from that, um, but it's an empty path. And so when you start seeking validation from within, um, then then your life begins to change. We think um, the external is going to fix the internal, but the only thing that will fix the internal is the internal. Wow. It's powerful, brother. Thanks, brother. I speak a little bit. Yeah, you're, 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 you're a living example. But yeah, they, they can find you me. You live it, you breathe it. Thank you. Yeah, um, find me. It. Find me at uh, Nick Santa Nastasso. That's a really long last name. So if you type in Nick Santo, I'm the guy with tattoos, no legs, one arm. You can't miss me. Yeah. I'm all over. <laughs> I love it, man. Well, uh, thank you so much. 
for for being here. How serendipitous is this? A gorilla um, for I don't know. You're a gorilla in spirit. I'm, I look like a gorilla. <laughs> he was like, I think oh, we need way. this. I like, it looks good. Need this, it looks right? good. Yeah. So, my man, thank you so much. My goal for this podcast is for it to be one of the most meaningful podcasts in the world. Mm. Um, to help people overcome whatever it is they face. You are an overcomer for sure. I've overcome a lot, but I look at you and I'm just like, wow. You know, look at this guy. I want to do anything I ever can to prop you up uh, because people need to hear your message. Thank you, brother. They need to know about you. I know the world does, but uh, anything I could ever do to be of service in that, I'm here. Um, and and thank you for always being there for me. You got it, brother. Likewise, yeah. throw up the bat signal and I'll be there. Okay. <laughs> I love you, my man. It'll, it'll you, be a gorilla signal. <laughs> thank you, my man. Awesome. Love you, bro. Hey, don't forget to send your overcome stories to overcomepodcast at gmail.com. And also rate, review, subscribe, and follow Overcome with Justin Wren.